people. Are you guys ready for the word of God? Yes, we are a part of a church that believes that the word of God is powerful and effective and is able to change our lives. So that's why every week we prioritize the word, the preaching of the word, because we don't just come to church to do a religious activity, but we believe the word can change the way we think, can change the way we live, and can transform us. So let's build our faith and expectancy today that God is going to speak something specific to you. That's the faith I came here with. I'm believing that God can unstop our ears, that things that maybe I'm not even saying that the Holy Spirit can say to you because that's how much God loves you and that's how personal he is. So we are in the middle of a series called Stay Positive. That is a good, that is like good news, right? And we are living in a world and a time when a lot of things that we're surrounded with are maybe not so positive, right? And, um, but the Bible is called, actually, the gospel is called the good news. And that is our job as Christians is we are portrayers of the good, glad, merry news that Jesus saves. So as Christians, as the church, we should be bringing some good news on the scene, right? Like, don't you hate it when someone says, I don't know, I hate this. When people are like, hey, I got good news and bad news. What do you want first? I'm like, I don't want the bad news. I, I just want the good news. Can we skip that? Like, because if you say good news and then you start to get happy, you know the bad news is looming, right? So I always choose, well, give me the bad news first. Like, I brace myself, and then I know no matter how bad this is, they said something good is coming, all right? So that is what this sermon series is about. Like, no matter how bad everybody else is saying something is, God is saying, hey, but there's good news, okay? And we don't have to talk about the bad news. We can just bring the good news. So I want to talk to you today about faith. Staying positive requires us, oh, bringing faith to the field. That's the title of my message. It's very beautiful and that lovely little heart that Johnny made. All right, staying positive requires us to be a people of faith. All right, it doesn't take faith to see what's wrong, but it takes faith to see what is right, okay? Faith changes things. Faith creates new atmospheres. Faith opens doors. Faith is everything that we are as the church, right? Faith is positive. And I want us to look at the life of David. And we all know if you grew up in Sunday school at all, if you didn't, it's fine because you're going to know so much by the end of today. But if you grew up in Sunday school, you all know the story of David and Goliath, right? Like this is the first time I've ever talked about it. But I want us to look at the life of David and see how he brought faith to the field. And we're going to look in, in, in 1 Samuel 16 and 17. I'm just going to sum up the story really quick. What had happened is God's people were in battle against the Philistines. And they had, been they had been out there for 40 days, our Bible tells us. And what happened is the Philistines sent Goliath, and they called him the champion, this giant. He was nine feet tall, and he, they sent him out to intimidate God's people. So day after day, he was taunting them and intimidating them and say, hey, one of you come and fight me and you can win. Well, the Israelites are scared to death. They've been in this atmosphere for 40 days and they are under it. Now, these are the best of the best. These are like the Navy SEALs, okay? These are not like pansy warriors. But I want you to see they're under an atmosphere of fear. They're under an atmosphere of intimidation. David comes in on this scene 
And he brings faith, brings something positive to the field. And that in that moment, everything shifted. The battle changed. The courage got into the hearts of the men who were on the front line. So I want us to look at David's life and see where how what we can learn about faith. Because David brought faith to the field. He changed the prevailing atmosphere. He brought victory to God's people. And so before we go into this story, and we're gonna talk about five things that we can learn about faith in David's life in this story. I wanna grow in my faith. I know that's what you want, right? We wanna grow in our faith. No matter how much faith you have today, be encouraged that our faith can grow, okay? So what we're talking about, just to be clear, so we're all on the same playing field. When, when we say the word faith, we kind of probably all have a different, a little bit different twist on what that means. But what I'm talking about today is faith in God. And so we're not talking about faith in a circumstance or faith in a situation or faith in an outcome or faith in our ability to do something right. But we are talking about a trust and a reliance in a person. Okay, so this is not a formula. Faith isn't a formula. Like, I'm not going to show you, hey, if you really want that red car that's down at Dodge, you can just use this formula and get it. That's not the faith that I'm talking about. I'm talking about faith in a person, faith in a savior, faith that is birthed out of a relationship. And that is the only way we really have faith is when we have intimacy with God and we have a relationship with God. And so we're going to talk about faith in David's life. And what we hear about David throughout scripture is that David, what, had a heart after God, right? That we learn all about David's heart. And so our heart is a big piece in having faith. All right. So here are some things that, oh, I'm going to, okay. All right. Here are five things that we can learn about faith. All right, so the first thing that we're going to talk about is faith starts with faithfulness. Right? We all want great faith. We want to, like, take out Goliath in our life. But faith starts with faithfulness. So, oh, I'm going to skim through here. All right. Um, there it is, guys. Looking good, right? All right. You're, I'm doing good with this. This is really hard. It's really hard. All right, so here's what happens. One day, Jesse said to David, take this basket of grain, Jesse's David's dad, all right, to, and 10 loaves of bread and carry them quickly to your brothers and give these 10 cuts of cheese to their captain. All right, how many of you love cheese? Say amen if you love some cheese. Oh, no, there we go, go back. Okay, to their captain. All right, how many of you know that it's good to bring something in the natural when you're showing up on the scene of a party, okay? So, all right. He brought some cheese, seeing how your brothers are getting along, and bring back a report on how they are doing. David's brothers were with Saul and the Israelite army in the valley of Elah, fighting against the Philistines. So David left the sheep with another shepherd and set out early in the next morning with the gifts as Jesse has directed him. I think the New King James says, as he commanded him. And what I want us to see out of this was that David was under authority. David was out in the sheep pasture with the sheep, although he'd already been anointed king, but he's here and he's serving and he's being faithful and then he's under authority. So his dad's asking him to go somewhere and he's under authority. If we want to walk in authority, we have to know what it's like to be under authority, right? We have to be faithful. The Bible says this, he's faithful with little, I'll make you ruler over much. So here David brought to the scene, the first charcuterie board, all right? Let's try to just say that, charcuterie. 
all right? He brought cheese and he brought meat and olives to the guys on the front line, all right? So David um, brought cheese and faith, all right? So we can do that. We can bring cheese and faith to the scene, all right? (laughs) What I want us to learn out of this is that you will not miss God. Be faithful with wherever God has put you. Because sometimes we can feel, I'm sure that this thought crossed David's mind. I am in the nursery and the action is in the auditorium. Like I am missing the power of God. Some of you moms are at home and you're, now you're all homeschooling and you're feeling like I have a call on my life, but I am missing it, right? We can all feel that sometimes. Like whatever we're doing just doesn't feel significant enough or it doesn't feel as big as we feel like the call is on our life. But I'm telling you, one day David was in the pasture in the next moment moment he's on the front line he didn't know he was going to fight Goliath he knew he was honoring what his dad asked him and he obeyed his dad and brought refreshing cheese and the coolest charcuterie board to the people on the front line so you won't miss God and I just want to say this don't despise the season that you're in okay don't despise wherever you are all right so did I already do this okay yeah I did I moved on to the next scripture. All right, so here's the thing. Here's another scripture that I think is, this isn't the right scripture, is it? What happened? All right, I'm just going to look at my notes over here. I don't know if they're right. All right, so, (laughs) all right, so what happened? Oh, you don't need that. Okay, so here's another example of this that we see. Saul said to his servants, provide me now a man who can play well and bring him to me. So what happened is Saul was being tormented and he's like, bring me someone. And they're talking about David. So this is just a context for what's happening. All right. He said, look, I have seen, this is talking about David, how they describe him. Jesse, the son of the Bethlehemite, who was skillful in playing, a mighty man of valor, a man of war. And I love this part, prudent in speech. And a handsome person, I mean, it's so funny that the Bible says this, like, he was good looking. Okay, and the Lord was with him, all right? And what do I, what do I want to point out out of this? That they describe David as a man who was prudent in speech. And what that really means is that he had self-control and government over what he said. And when we're talking about faith, being faithful with little, that God will make us ruler over much. When faith is, when we are going to be people who speak faith, that we have to have, be prudent in our speech. That God wants us to be people who watch what we say. If we are talking negative about every situation in our life, we will not be people whose mouth will be filled with faith. So it starts with little things, right? Faith starts with faithfulness. It's faithfulness over the words that you're speaking. What are you speaking over your life? What are you speaking over your kids? What are you speaking over your marriage? What are you speaking over your finances? What are you speaking? over the situations in your life. So be prudent in our speech. The Bible says what? If we can tame our tongue, like there's nothing we can't do, right? So the first thing is faith starts with faithfulness. The second thing is that faith grows. Somebody say amen, right? Faith grows. Um, We all want to have faith growing in our life. We all want more faith, right? And so faith, we can start with something little and we can allow it to grow. So here's what happened. Here's a story of 1 Samuel 17. We see in this story, David says this when he's talking to Saul. He said, I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. When a lion or a bear comes to steal land from the flock, I go after it with the club and rescue the land from its mouth. And if the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and I club it to death. You're hearing this in church. She's a little violent, all right? I have done this to both the lions and the bears and I'll do it again to this pagan Philistine too. For he has defied the armies of the living God. 
So David, this isn't his first battle, right? He doesn't just roll out of the womb and be like, all right, now I'm facing Goliath. And so I just want to encourage you. I don't know what battle you're facing, but little battles get us ready for big battles. If we want to do something great for God, we can't expect a trouble-free life. Like we're like, hey, I just want to like have everything perfect and slay giants. It just doesn't work that way. We got to be trained and ready for battle. So those little things that you're facing, you just tell yourself, hey, there's a strong call of God on my life. Like when trouble comes at you, you're like, hey, I am training right now for battle. I am growing my faith. I'm allowing it to increase and stretch and grow. And that is exactly how it is. I was thinking the very first time I ever prayed out loud. I was a church camp counselor, and I don't know why they let me. I was 14 years old, and I remember it so clear. I mean, how do you remember? Like the first time you ever did something like that, it was so scary. We were in a circle, and it was like the leader said, okay, we're going to go around. Everybody's going to pray. And I was like counting one, two, three, four, five. And my heart starts beating. I think I'm going to throw up. I might pass out. I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. What am I going to say? I've never prayed out loud. And I remember like trying to go to the bathroom thinking I'm going to go to the bathroom. And maybe by the time I get back, they'll have missed my seat. You know, how many of you can relate to that, right? And so when I got back, no, the person in front of me was still praying. So I had to stretch my faith. And now I pray all the time and I don't even think about it. But it's something small, small battle, small prayer, small faith. I remember even in our, when we bought our building on Poplar Street, I remember it was $300,000. And I remember thinking, I don't know how we will ever make the payment on this. Bob and I had to sign our own personal, like, if the church can't pay it, we're going to pay it. I'm like, we don't have the money to pay it, but sure, we'll sign that down there. And I remember thinking, I have no idea how we'll ever do that. Now I look back when I see our payment on this building, I'm like, that's not a problem. Why? But my faith was stretched. At the time, it took all the faith I had. But when we bought this building, we were way bigger financially. It wasn't hard because my faith had already been built but through the first time that I had to stretch my faith. And God came through. So I'm like, I don't know. I just, I know God's going to do it. He's done it before. He's going to do it again. So we want to put ourselves in situations that cause our faith to grow. If we want to have more faith, we can't just hide out in our bedrooms and hope that one day we're going to wake up and we're going to have really big, strong faith. But we're going to have to push ourselves. We're going to have to say, God, I want to step out of my comfort zone today. I'm going to pray out loud. I'm going to, I'm going to ask someone if I can pray for them. Maybe it's, I'm going to stretch my faith and I'm going to tell a coworker about the faithfulness of God. Maybe, I don't know what it is that you can do to stretch your faith, but to me, it's like working out. Like it's like, it's like getting ourselves ready because it's like, I want to stretch my faith no matter how I can. Maybe you've never given before. Maybe you've never tithed and you're like, I'm going to stretch my faith. I'm going to tithe. This is what God's word says. And I'm going to do this and watch God provide. That's how our faith grows. And our faith grows by hearing other people's stories too. It's like, we want to encourage each other in their, in, in their stories. So what are we going to do? The first thing, faith starts with faithfulness and faith can grow. So tell your neighbor or your, someone in your house, your faith can grow. Your faith can can grow. So the third thing is that we are going to, if our faith is going to grow, we have to have faith over the facts. That's how it is, right? We have to have faith over the facts. In 1 Samuel, let's see if we're, all right, we're skipping all that. Faith above the facts. Here we go. As soon as the Israelites, okay, this isn't right, is it? Oh gosh, you guys. 
Praise the Lord. All right. Goliath, here's what happens. The Israelites start describing who Goliath is and they are talking about how big he is and how bad he is and his armor and they are magnifying the enemy. So they're, they're like, his, he's, he's nine feet tall. His thing weighs 125 pounds. His spear is heavy and thick and all these things. And then he says, as soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to run away in fright. And here's and they heard, they're saying, have you seen the giant? So when David shows up on the scene, they're like, David, have you seen how big the giant is? So we have to, in order to have faith over the facts, we can't magnify the problem, all right? Here's what happened. For 40 days, all they were hearing about is the problem. 40 days, Goliath is coming out and taunting him. They're affected by that atmosphere. Some of you have been believing God. You're in a situation where it's, you're just under it. Day after day, after day, after day. And what happens when we're under it, day after day, after day, we get weary, right? The best of us start to lose our clear thinking and we start to be intimidated and frightened. And we feel like this is never gonna change. My marriage is never gonna turn around. My kids will never serve God, right? Because we begin to magnify, we're focusing on the problem instead of focusing on our God. And either fear or faith is affecting our perspective. Fear or faith is affecting our perspective. So whatever your perspective is, you have to ask yourself, is fear affecting my perspective or is faith affecting my perspective? And to me, that's exactly what David did. David had been over here, not in the atmosphere, right? He's over here with the Lord and a lion comes at the sheep and he's like, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? I guarantee he was afraid, but he's like, Faith rises up on the inside of him and he watches God take care of the lion. He knows right there, clearly I did not do that. So he learned something about God. This is not my own strength. David's not like, dude, I got this thing together. He's like, whoa, like God showed up. And then the bear comes and he's like, whoa, God showed up. So he's over here in this environment, spending time with the Lord. To me, what are we doing? This is us, we're reading the Bible. We're learning about who God is. We're learning about his character. We're learning about his nature. We're spending time in his presence. Are we spending more time over here or are we spending more time on social media, on the news, Googling that diagnosis and reading that, you know, I mean, that's what happens. Like we get a hangnail and we're like, all of a sudden we have cancer because we, some hangnails can be cancerous and I'm pretty sure that's the one I have, right? Or are we spending time in the presence of God? Are we reading God's word? Because David shows up and he's like, who is this Philistine that he would defy the armies of the living God? When we're in the presence of God, when we're familiar with his word, we're building this relationship. When you show up on the scene, you know when it's not God. You show up and you're like, this is what our call is as the church. We should show up and go, who is this? We know this is not his character. We know this is not his nature because we've been with him. And so that's what David did. He showed up and brought faith to the field, right? He brought faith to the field and he began to focus on not the facts, but he focused on God and it shifted everything in that moment, right? When he began to declare who God was, it shifted everything. So tell your neighbor, don't look at the facts. Don't look at the facts, all right? So, and we need, you know, we need fresh eyes on our situation. This is why we need each other. 
This is why we're doing life groups. Some of you stepped out in faith and you're leading a life group. I am so proud of you. We have almost 500 people in life groups, individual people. You know what that tells me? Our church is people who are full of faith. Like some of you, you're like, I don't know. I've never done this. I've never opened my house. I've never let someone see my dirt, my dust. I don't know. But you did it. And you're providing an atmosphere and room for people to meet together and to speak faith over each other and for people to grow. But we need someone else's perspective because often the situations that we're fighting in our life, we are, we've seen it over and over again, right? Like 40 days, it's just, that's all we can see. And someone else comes in and they're like, that's nothing for God. Oh, God can heal your marriage. God can do that. He did that with my kids. He can do it for you, right? So if someone else brings in fresh perspective, all right? So the fourth thing is that faith stays focused. And I'm just gonna say this quickly because I wanna get to the last point before we end here. But David had opportunity to be offended. He had opportunity to step out of the fight. He had opportunity to get distracted. And I'm just gonna say this. When God is calling us as his church to bring faith to the field, And you are going to have ample opportunity to be distracted, ample opportunity to be offended. But David did not take the bait. And because of that, we read the story today. All right. So David, I mean, his brothers are like, what about those? He comes to the battlefield and they're just like, what about the few sheep you have back at home? Why are you not doing that? They start judging his heart. They're like, we see the pride in your heart. We know why you're here. And the Bible just says David literally just kind of looks at him and goes to the next person. He's like, I'm just on a mission. He's like, all right. Then he goes to Saul and he's like, what are we going to do here? And Saul's like, pretty much tells him, you, you, you can't do this. You're, you're not skilled. He's like, all right, well, I'm going to just keep being obedient to the Lord, okay? So we're always going to have naysayers in our life. We're always going to have people who question our motives. When God speaks to you and puts faith in your heart for a situation, there's going to be people in your life who are like, you're crazy. But that's how faith works. Our church is filled with people who were bound in addiction, who had no hope, but against all hope, in hope, believe that there was a God who could save and deliver. And you know what? That... Well, that's it's in your family. You're going to have it forever. But praise God that our narrative is not what the world is giving us. Praise God that he is able to deliver and save and heal. And he is the one that we cause our focus and our attention to be on. So that's why it's so important that we tell each other our, we tell each other our stories. Because when we feel like something can't be done, we hear a story of someone else. Someone, something else had to been done. So we guard our heart. We're not distracted. We don't get off track by other things that are happening. The Bible says, says this, to fight the good fight of faith. Don't be fighting the wrong fight. Let's not get distracted in small battles, but let's remember who we are. Let's remember what God's called us to bring to the field, right? He's called us to bring faith. So the last thing about faith is that faith speaks. Faith speaks, and I would even say it this way, faith faith speaks out loud. Because faith is something, if it's just in our heart, But there's something powerful when our words line up and release them on the outside. That's what changed the atmosphere. So David in 1 Samuel 17, um, here we go. Faith speaks, here we go. Um, David asked the soldier standing nearby, what will a man get for killing this Philistine? He says, who is this pagan Philistine anyway that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God? And then when David is facing Goliath, he doesn't just quietly come at him, but he, I'm, this is just like one of the funnest parts of this story. David's like, you come to me with a sword and a spear 
and a javelin, but I come to you out loud in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied, right? Today, the Lord will conquer you. Not me. He's like, God doesn't need anybody special. He needs you. I love this about this story of David because we can all relate to it, right? We all feel like we're the youngest, we're the weakest, we're the most messed up. I just want to encourage you today. If you feel like your life is too messed up for God to use you, you are wrong. That is exactly the kind of people that God uses. He uses the weakest. He uses the most broken. He uses those that are most dependent on him. And that's what this story of David, that's why it brings courage and hope to all of us, is that David was the unlikely candidate. We're not reading this story going, yeah, David was really tough. We read this story and we're like, God obviously showed up for David. That's what God wants our lives to look like. Like when people look at you, they should be like, God obviously showed up for them. Because it's not our own power. It's not our own strength. But God's looking for people who are broken and messed up and your family's messed up and you feel like there is no hope. But if you'll take that moment and give yourself to God and say, God, could you use someone like me? Could you allow me to be a part of your miracle working power? And he says, the Lord will conquer you and I will kill you and I will cut off your head. And then I'm gonna give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know, the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with a sword or the spear, for this is the Lord's battle and he will give it to us. Faith is the language of the kingdom. And it's important that we talk out loud. And there should be a righteous anger in us when something's happening. Like when David shows up, he's like, who are these people? When there's things that are going on, when we know somebody, when we know God and we show up in situations, we're like, this is not God. It's not God that you're sick. This is not the kingdom of heaven that you have this diagnosis. So we show up and we're like, heck no. This isn't who God is. God's a God of restoration. He's a God of healing. He's a God of miracles. So it, that's why it's so important that we know his word, that we're not just living our, like, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think this is how God is. And some of us are confused because like, we got to get in our Bible and read. Like I've been married to Bob for 26 years. I know a lot about him. If you told me something like he doesn't like elk hunting, I'd be like, you're crazy. Like, you guys probably know that too. But it's because I know him. And that's how it is with God. The, the more we spend time in his word, the more we're with him. We know his character. We know his nature. And when things don't line up with it, we're like, uh-uh. And so that's when God wants us to use our mouth and declare it. You know, we got to read the word out loud. We got to say it out loud. We got to, and sometimes for me, it's like, I'll feel that prevailing voice of Goliath over the situation. And all I can think about is Goliath, 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 Goliath. He's big, he's big. This situation seems bigger than me. So I got to open my mouth and start declaring who God says. I'll read scripture out loud. I'll put worship on out loud. Like I got a whole song list, playlist in my worship album. Cause I'm like, I, these are the songs that I have to play when I know I got to declare who God is. I got to allow faith to be stirred up on the inside of me. Let me just say this. There are people in your life who need 
the gospel, the good news of Jesus. So church, I just wanna say to you, like God has given us the good news. He's given us this beautiful message. And whatever you're facing, just be encouraged that God wants to show up for you. Like if there's something about faith, when we just throw ourselves into God and we're like, I don't know how you're gonna do this. I don't know how you're gonna work this out, but God, I trust you. And I'm not gonna take it back into my own hands. I'm not gonna try to make this work by my own effort, but I am going to throw myself at you because I know you're the only one that can fix this. And I know you have a plan for me and I know you're going before me and I know you're going to show up because I know you're faithful. And I've learned this through the one experience I've had. Some of you, it's faith is a new thing. You know one thing about God. You have faith for that. Go around and tell everybody. Maybe you've had God heal your body physically. Tell everybody you know. I don't know much about God, but I know he heals. I had a headache and it was gone. I know this is true. Maybe you've seen God do a miracle in your family. Then you know that about God, that he restores broken families. Then you need to start speaking to other people. I don't know a lot about God yet. I am learning, but I know this. I was lost and now I am found. Our family was broken and now it is whole. So maybe it's not what you're going through, but I knew know this about his character and nature. And when we speak faith, something happens in the heart of broken and hurting people. And it's just powerful. You, you know it. You've been around someone and they told their story and all of a sudden faith rose in you. So I just want to encourage you this week, stretch your faith. Ask somebody if you can pray with them. Invite someone to watch church with you. I don't know, maybe join, go to that life group that you've been thinking about and praying about and just like, God, I'm going to show up. I'm just going to show up. I'm going to be faithful with where you put me. I'm going to continue to serve and I'm going to allow my faith to be stretched and to grow. I was thinking this, you know, they're under the influence for 40 days. And I thought, what if we just had a pattern for 40 days? We said, I'm going to be in the word every day before I go on social media, before I'm on the news, before I Google search what's going on. But I'm going to just saturate myself because that's the church. We want to be strong, saturated in his word, right? We want to tell other people about things that are going on in our life. We want to speak faith and we want to cause faith to grow in our life. If you've, I don't know, you're listening. I just believe that God wants to minister to people right now in this moment. Some of you are broken Some of you are tuning in this week and you've got a diagnosis that's overwhelming. Maybe you're tuning in, feeling like your family's falling apart and you're just needing God to show up. The God we serve is a God of miracles. And our church is filled with people, story after story after story, where we were at a loss. There's nothing that can happen unless God shows up. And he's here in this moment to show up for you in his power, in his strength, in his might. And in our weakness, he makes us strong when we come to him. Maybe you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. Maybe you're hearing about the God that we're talking about, but you've never really thrown yourself into him. Maybe you've like said a prayer or or allowed him to have a little bit. But what we're talking about is full, 100% abandoned surrender and faith in the God of the universe. So right here in this moment, I just want to pray with those of you first who have never surrendered your life to Jesus. Maybe you've never asked Jesus to be Lord 
and Savior of your life. And I'm telling you this, he is just looking for you to give you, give him your life so that he can make an incredible testimony out of it. Give you that kind of life that people are like, I don't know how this happened. Clearly God got a hold of you. I love that. It's one of my favorite things that happens in our church. Family members are like, I don't know what happened, but you're not the same person. And God wants that for you today. So if you're in the sound of my voice and you know you need to surrender your life to Jesus, I want to pray with you right now. You can just follow along with me. Dear Jesus, I give my life to you. I need a savior. I need your healing and I need your power. God, I need you to take the brokenness of my life and turn it around. I need you to fill me with your spirit and live your life through me. God, I wanna trust you with my life. I wanna be filled with faith and walk out this life that you've called me to. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. If you prayed that prayer on our screen right now is a number. There is a church family that has gone before that wants to meet you, pray with you, encourage your faith right now. But if you're here, I just wanna pray for everyone in the room, everyone who's listening, that God would cause our faith to grow, that he would stretch our faith, that we would be a people that are faithful, right? The Bible says that when Jesus returns, will he find faith on the earth, that our church will be filled with faith. When everybody else is telling people it's not gonna work, we're like, oh, no, we're showing up on the scene. I love that. Like, hey, call someone from Life Church. They'll believe with you. They'll stand with you because that's who we are. So Lord, I pray for your beautiful church. I pray for your beautiful bride. God, that today you would strengthen her. God, that you would cause her to be encouraged. God, those who feel um, just like they're unseen or, or just weary and tired, God, that you would come and strengthen them today. God, those who are under, I pray for those who are under fear. God, those who are under depression. God, just like where Goliath was taunting day after day after day after day. God, where David showed up in an instant, that spirit had lifted and left. God, I pray right now we join our faith. Come on, church, let's pray right now for those who are battling depression, battling anxiety. God, we pray right now for those who are battling. God, we say, Lord, let the enemy be turned around. God, we pray you lift off discouragement. You lift off despair. God, you've done it for us and you can do it for our friends. So we join in faith. God, we say, let your healing hand and your deliverance be upon your church. God, I thank you that you're going to begin to speak to people even right now in this moment. God, people you want them to reach out to. God, things that you want them to believe for. God, maybe you even want a job you want them to apply for. God, or even something, a dream in their heart. You want them to write a book. God, you want them to a ministry. You want them to birth. God, I pray that right now you'd put dreams in our heart. God, that there would be a faith that would rise on the inside of us that if God said he can do it, he can do it. God, I pray for even a righteous anger on the inside of us that'll rise up and say, God, you can do this. And God, we would break fear off of our life and we would say, God, let faith build our perspective. Let your word be alive in your church. God, I pray for a hunger for your word. God, to grow on the inside of us. God, we need you. God, we need you to live this God life. And so God, I ask that you would draw us to you as your church opens your word this week. God, I pray that you'd show up on the pages, that you'd whisper in our ear, that our ears would be unstopped and our hearts would be open. And that God, we would know that we are hearing your voice and we're walking according to your will. God, I pray your blessing, your strength, and your courage on your church today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. All right, we love you guys. Have, are we singing?
We are, they're ready to sing. Have an amazing week. We're going to just sing. We're going to sing something really good right now. Johnny's got this. Lord, send revival. Lord, send it now. Move your spirit. Heaven break down. Come now in power. Cover this land. Done it before. Would you do it again? Lord, send revival. Lord, send it now. Move your spirit. Heaven break down. Come now in power. Cover this land like you've done it. And that is our prayer over everyone watching, anybody that you have influence in this week. We believe that, that God's done such a work in your heart that that faith that Pastor Kara talked about is just be infectious. I believe it's just going to be in every atmosphere you're a part of. I just want to say one last time, if you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Kara, we celebrate with you. And please help us celebrate with you. They're going to put on the screen one more time. There's a number you can text right now. We got people standing by. We, we want to get on the phone with you right now. Help you in what this journey looks like of following Jesus. We want to stand with you. So please, before you click off, send a text to that number right now. We want to partner with you. Man, thank you so much for joining us today. Man, God is good. Come on, somebody say amen. We love you so much. God bless you. Have an amazing faith-filled week. We'll see you this week.